Hello everyone, this is Sonata Allison and you're listening to episode 3 of the Parallel Podcast where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Welcome back everybody. So today I'll be talking about a topic that I feel like a lot of people don't really cover. You don't really hear about platonic intimacy in churches or any other like spaces where people are talking about relationships. So... Um, I understand that this is a podcast about Christian sexuality, but I do think platonic intimacy is an important aspect of that. So that's what we'll be talking about today. All right. So when most people hear the word intimacy, they think of sex, which is not a bad thing because it is a type of intimacy. But if that's where you stop, I think you miss out on a lot more that intimacy can entail. And this reminds me of friends I've known in the past. And I feel like you have probably known or do know someone who doesn't understand intimacy. And it's been made evident by the good old falling off the planet of the earth um, when they end up in a romantic relationship or they just become distant or careless about other relationships. And because of their lack of understanding of the importance of nurturing other intimate relationships, um, they may come back seven months later with a broken heart, needing a shoulder to cry on, or potentially with an apology, which would be the best um, case scenario. But um, I don't want to completely fault them for their lack of understanding because if I kind of put on my therapist hat, it could be because of different experiences in their life. Like there could have been a lack in their childhood or they've just never allowed themselves to be vulnerable in the way of platonic relationships. Regardless of the reasoning, it doesn't allow them to be fulfilled in relationships outside of romance. So I want to define intimacy and I'm using the definition straight from my paper that I've saved from my human sexuality class from like four years ago. Um, In the trailer for the podcast, I spoke about the human sexuality class that started my desire to talk about this stuff. And I kept everything from that class because I felt like I would use it one day. And here we are. So shout out again to Dr. Cummings for being such a great, thorough teacher. Um, This was one of the classes where I was okay with you keeping us to the very last minute of class. So I appreciate that. (laughs) So the definition of intimacy that I'm using is that intimacy is the emotional component, sense of being bonded, warm, sharing a closeness and willingness to help and share private thoughts and feelings. And I've, if you think about it, there's nowhere in that definition that it was specific to gender or nature of relationships. So intimacy can look like someone opening up, opening up about something they're struggling with to a trustworthy friend or a child sharing a heartfelt card on Mother's Day. Or you can share an intimate moment with a random stranger by just smiling and chatting briefly, especially in the middle of this Panasonic that everybody is going through. So There's intimacy. You can find intimacy anywhere. So I think it's important for people to feel free to be vulnerable in platonic relationships because it is very problematic when people are trying to find everything in their romantic relationships. I personally have seen how that can be stressful on marriages. And quick tangent, trying to find everything in any one person can be problematic because like I mentioned when speaking about sexual purity, We are all flawed humans. We will disappoint each other. It's not a question that's going to happen. We will sin against each other. So if you think about that for a second, why would you put all of your stock in that kind of person? 
that's why having Jesus at the center of your relationships and your life is so important because he literally is the comfort. He's the joy, the love, and that friend that we tend to forget we have when we get distracted by the humans in front of us. Jesus will literally be everything you're looking for. And he's the only person that will be everything you need him to be, which is so beautiful. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Now, if you're like me, you may be wondering if Jesus is everything I need, what the heck is the point of being in relationship with sinful humans? (laughs) And I have thought that on many occasions and I literally have no answer for you. I'm just kidding. So my first conclusion that I came to is that humans are here, right? We have to acknowledge that. So I can't just not engage with humans. It's really hard. And I mean, monks try to go away and do that, but they kind of do in a group. So it kind of defeats the purpose. But we can't not engage with them. And I don't think I would be a good steward of my time if it was just me and Jesus, even though some people hide behind that mentality for fear of being vulnerable. But also, I was wondering, like, what aspect of humanity do we not have with Jesus every day? And that is touch and seeing each other. Now, Jesus can definitely show up to me face to face and he can hold me. We could share a high five uh, or or make a cool handshake, which is what I'm looking forward to in heaven. But I think we tend to forget sometimes that Jesus was a living human being on this earth, had flesh and blood. And many people in the Bible experienced that and were able to touch him and spend time with him in person. And just currently, it's not in his will that we physically experience him in that way. He's got some other things to do. We got some things to do on earth. And that high key makes me sad sometimes. But in Genesis 2, 8, it says it's not good for man to be alone. And I believe that a beautiful friendship was highlighted in 2 Samuel between David and Jonathan, where David even says to Jonathan that he has loved him way deeper than the love of a woman. Now, I have a hunch as to why women didn't love David deeply when Bathsheba enters the chat, but my main focus is on the beauty of their friendship. So in the story of David and Jonathan, Jonathan literally risks his life for his friend. No contract or vows made. So when you think about it, it's kind of humbling to know that Jesus allows us to find something in each other. And if you're checking yourself right now and you're thinking, shoot, I'm a trash friend, daughter, sibling, etc., or just simply thinking of areas where you could do better, Just confess that to the Lord and let the love of God humble you into seeing the gift you can have in these platonic relationships. I also want to acknowledge how the lack of understanding or just fear can keep people from seeking these relationships. Some people have never allowed themselves to be vulnerable in these relationships, not because of carelessness, but because of past hurt. And that is completely understandable. When there is a lack in childhood and it doesn't get resolved, the problem doesn't just disappear. And just because you grow in age, that doesn't mean that you are automatically growing emotionally or in the way of maturity. And if you think about it, it's like when you leave your hometown, you know, you do some growing and you come back and like some people there like literally it's like they haven't even moved from the the place that you saw them last. (laughs) Um, So this is when I plug the importance of Jesus and therapy. And if you can't afford therapy right now, find a good friend to help you work through it all or a trusted elder in your life could be a parent or a mentor and um, learn because just like you learn to fear through relationships, you will have to learn to trust again through relationships as well. And that's relationship with Jesus and a trusted human. Also, I don't think people talk about this much, but best friend breakups are a real thing. 
ended friendships can really be hurtful and they can affect your trust with other people and your willingness to be vulnerable with other friends. That's understandable. You don't have to be shameful of the, the hurt that you carry from friendships. And I understand that on a personal level. So I get how daunting it can be. I've actually heard someone say that friendships can be viewed as even more vulnerable than romantic relationships because there's no point where there's like a covenant made to remain friends forever. You can literally just leave at any time. And that that's scary. There's no like I do's or vows. You kind of just have to trust that person to love you well. And that can sound very scary. But in that time that I've been waiting for my mans, you know, and I had some of, I've had some of the most memorable moment words, memorable moments in my life. And I've grown leaps and bounds emotionally and spiritually. And we need to allow ourselves to be vulnerable because good friends do exist. I'm gonna say that again. Good friends do exist. And in addition to that, um, if you need a mind shift to be less focused on fear, start focusing on looking for opportunities to be a good friend to people. Jesus was very clear about friendship, about how he is a friend to us and the importance of exhibiting good fruit in friendship. And he talks about in the Bible, encouraging friends to confront issues and admit fault in Matthew 18, 15 through 17. So I'm going to read it to you guys quickly. So 15 says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Boop, we're going to stop right there. So that's between y'all two first. Don't go telling your whole family, your auntie, your cousin, your uncle, uh, Sally and Kelly, everybody. They don't need to know yet. Address it with that person first, you and him alone. Then it goes on to say, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. So that's a good friend to you, someone who actually cares about how you feel. So it's basically outlining for us how to be good friends. Then 16 says, but if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So now we take my man to court. Okay. So this is definitely for like different issues, probably back in the day when, you know, with like land or like people are just doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. But it can definitely apply to when a friend is not being a good friend. So um, we're bringing it to two more people as witnesses of the conversation. Just kind of just giving the person an opportunity to be held accountable in community. Then 17 goes on to say, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So that's not saying that all Gentiles are not good people, but it's more like, Gentiles are people that don't worship the same God that we worship. And tax collectors, um, they be skimping people. So that's why. That's why he said it like that. But the focus is um, if he refuses to listen to even the church. Like, this is the kind of person that's not going to listen to you, not going to listen to your community. They kind of just don't want to turn from their ways, just want to be that kind of person to you. Um, then the Bible says, like, you don't have to really have anything to do with that person. It literally says, and if he refuses to listen, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So... Um, I think that speak to as well, like the Lord doesn't just want you to stay in dysfunctional friendships or dysfunctional relationships. Um, you're allowed to separate yourself and create boundaries in your life. Um, and I think the Lord is kind of saying that very clearly in this passage here. And furthermore, I think it's important to understand that friendship is a base of healthy romantic relationships. So it's like the like aspect of love. There are a lot of people that I like but don't want to actively love all the time. Um, but the basis of relationship allows me to get over myself when I remember why I enjoy being in relationship with this person. 
For example, my roommate, sometimes she'd be leaving stuff around the house, you know what I'm saying? But I love her more than I hate her mess. And because of our depth of relationship and we've spent time together and I know this person that they care about me as well. Um, I'm not going to just throw a friendship away because of, I don't know, a cup is left out or something like that. So um, that depth of relationship allows you to just love that person well regardless also fun fact you spend more time talking and doing daily activities than having intimate moments in romantic relationships i think like 20 percent of your relationship is actually like intimacy like touchy-feely things um so no matter how healthy a married couple's sex life is friendship is going to be more important so shifting to understanding the importance of developing friendships should begin before entering romantic relationships so seeking platonic intimacy should be held in high regard alongside romantic relationships in general but also because having healthy platonic relationships helps romantic relationships remain healthy so if you are wondering okay so how do i even start or pursue these relationships first ask jesus for good friends I do not recommend putting Jesus on a timeline for this. Just trust that he'll do it because I literally forgot I asked for good friends when I moved to Orlando. And when I got them, I was literally shook. And I and then I remember my prayer. So a long time ago, uh, I just thought you just have to deal with having selfish friends or people that just don't take your feelings into consideration or people who just don't take Jesus' conviction seriously. I literally thought that's just how it has to be on this side of heaven and that's partly why I started going to therapy because when Jesus gave me friends that are intentional and care about my feelings and live with conviction I was so grateful but also fearful that I would like ruin the relationships and it became very clear to me how much hurt I actually experienced in past friendships and if you needed proficient permission you can go to therapy this is your permission here for any kind of struggles and if past friendships is your hurt you're allowed to experience that go ahead and make that appointment sweetheart you're allowed to ask jesus for more from your friendships you're allowed to ask for friends that consider your emotions and a little practical tip for allowing yourself to be vulnerable in these relationships is to look for people who want to be like jesus and get familiar with the fruit of the spirit and bear those fruit and look for those who have them and I want to do a quick shout out to one of my good friends, Elisa. She was a friend I met at a time when I really needed a good one. And she was on my butt about getting this podcast up. And she's been like the main person that I've been sending like random audio to asking her what it sounds like. So uh, thank you so much, Elisa, for being a good friend. Love you, sis. So, yes, that is the topic of platonic intimacy. And it's really important to pursue these kinds of relationships um, for your romantic relationship but just in general just seeking to be a good friend and, and seeking good friends so hopefully you enjoyed the podcast today and remember to speak the truth in love talk to you next week bye